the benefits of actually having a, a conversation from another point of view. The problem is that they do not leave enough room for opposing views or unpopular uh, opinions to be heard. Come together, the diversity should actually bring unity. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to have tension and I don't want to be offended. The best solution is really to sit down and talk. That's what I really believe. I believe that people with opposing views, we're all human and we all want the same thing, the same thing. I'm sure to not say something because then I will lose something instead of actually saying, hold on, can we look at that from a different way? If I say something, can I be supported in it? We're missing the voices, we're missing input, we're missing ideas around, you know, controversial issues and, you know, this is impacting society. Well, ladies, welcome to our show. This is our first show of uh, Both Sides Now Table Talk and it's a pretty exciting day for us to be able to um, put out our first episode here. and. Uh, before we actually get into some of the content uh, for today, we thought that it might be nice for our audience to get to know us a little bit. And so I'm gonna start with you, Serena. Preslin White is one of our panelists. And Serena, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a wife and mother, and I am of Cree and Irish descent. I've had the privilege in the last five years to be raising my teens into young adulthood. I've also supported and worked alongside my husband, who's a business owner. And the reason I joined this platform is because I know how important it is to have a voice. Growing up, I fought hard to find my own voice. And it took a lot of falling down and getting back up and realizing that what I had to say was actually important. Well, that's really great. And for sure, you know, the name of our show is Both Sides Now. And, um, you know, the to be able to have a platform where both sides of, of an issue can be talked about and people can bring their voice to the table. And uh, so you're one of those representing that voice, but also we're gonna make room for others to have their voice on both mm -hmm. sides of the story. So that's great, we're happy to have you. Um, Alberta Mwembo, you're um, also part of this team here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? I'm originally from the Congo, Congo Kinshasa. And uh, the reason why I'm so excited about this show is because my country is currently undergoing a lot of conflicts, mm -hmm. particularly in the eastern part of my country. And I believe, I personally believe that the conflict is due to lack of a dialogue, lack of conversations like this, where uh, not only leaders, but also just people from the community, local people, common people can have a conversation about the issues that are affecting us. And so I'm really grateful to be here. I, I've lived in Canada for now, seven years now, and uh, just being um, privileged to have both experiences, experiences of living in Africa, and also the experience of living here. I just feel that this is something that is really needed uh, globally, not just in Canada, but really globally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we're really happy to have you too. We believe that you're going to be an incredible asset um, to this show as well too, you know, be coming from uh, another country, another nation, but also making your home here in Canada. But in terms of, you know, this show, it's taken a few years 
to to decide on something like this. But with my background working in, in conflict management, actually, that's one of my specialties is conflict resolution and communication. And um, it's a passion for me to actually see people coming together and having conversation when there's a lot of difficult issues going on and to see them actually connecting, even if they don't agree on everything. It's, mm. it's, quite, it's quite wonderful. But it's really been a concern for me as well over these past few years um, when, I, when I think about all of the critical issues out there and it just seems like whether you look on social media or, or people just engaging in conversation with each other, people just don't know how to talk about difficult issues. There's just conflict and, and no one is hearing anybody. And so that was really distressing for me and I, I really felt that we need a platform like this to have the conversation from both sides. And I hope that our audience hears that is that, you know, we're, we are really, uh, us three women, we, we really believe in, in, in the benefits and in solutions and in ideas. And, um, and we all have different ideas, as Serena mentioned. We come from three different backgrounds, actually three different generations. <laughs> so I'm the oldest one on the show here. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little blonde-haired Norwegian. Then we have a, you know, a Cree-Irish woman and a Congolese woman of three generations. And, and it just happened that way. So we definitely have different cultural backgrounds. Um, we, we were raised in different generations. Um, we have different experiences and different personalities. So it's kind of a treat. And as well, we'll be bringing on our show um, people from both sides, other mm -hmm. two different views as well. We have been working together as a team, uh, brainstorming around the, this idea. You know, it's been going on for some time, thinking, talking um, about this show. And, and you know, just if I'm going to put it out here in terms of this show, like what's out there right now in terms of conversations about things from both sides? Is it happening? What are we seeing out there? What are you guys noticing? Well, from what I'm noticing is there isn't actually a lot of um, talk show hosts who are actually hearing both sides. There seems to be a left leaning or there's not there's a minority of right leaning shows, but not very publicized. I would say that there's a lot of publication of a certain, I would say, an agenda. And so I think to hear both sides would be so beneficial at this time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. like, so Serena, you're saying like, um, you're really seeing things coming from maybe a little bit of a left view or a bit of a bias or an agenda perhaps, and it's not necessarily mm -hmm. out there, but I'm also seeing where there's really right leaning shows also out there. Um, if you get on the right channels and they're kind of just preaching to the choir as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem to matter which, you know, which agenda someone has. Um, it's either right or left, just depending on what you're looking at. But, but Alberta, what, do you, what are you seeing out there in terms of, of different shows and, or what's available out there to have conversations like this? Yeah, I totally agree that there is an imbalance and uh, most shows have an agenda and which is okay for me that they have an agenda, but the problem is that they're not creating room for other opposing views to come mm -hmm. on the show and just to voice their opinions. And I think that's problematic because we need to hear both sides and even many sides so that many people can be included in decision making instead of leaving other people behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really, it is, it is very true, is that if it's okay to hear one side, but if you never hear the other side, then how are you going to make decisions? How are you going to solve problems? You know, there, mm -hmm. there, there are some gaps there. 
You know, mm -hmm. I've even noticed, um, you know, if there are both sides, or maybe I might ask you guys, if there have been both sides that you've actually seen represented, what do you notice in terms of whether it be a talk show platform or a news station, et cetera? If, if they actually do have both sides, what do you notice? Uh, for me, the, the best example I can give this a show I watch, because I, I watch a lot of um, Ben Shapiro shows, yeah. even when he's invited, mm -hmm. and it was about gender. He had, they had to talk about gender. Um, it didn't go well, and I had to watch his reaction to why it didn't go well. I wanted to know wh what happened exactly. And according to him, when he was invited, he told them, you know exactly where I stand when it comes to gender. Why did you invite me? And they said, no, you just voice your opinion. I mean, they, 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 were, mm -hmm. they sounded more like you're free to, to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. And so when he went in the show, he was very confident about it and voiced his opinion regarding gender issues. But he was quickly shut down and almost assaulted, it was a bit scary for me. So what I noticed if when both sides are represented, the other side that is not so popular on the show, let's say if it's a leftist show, that means that the right is not so popular there. They're quickly mm -hmm. shut down. They, they, they're very rude to, to the opposing view. And for me, that's problematic because we don't always have to agree on everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's that's so good, Alberta. I think there's a lacking of um, constructive conversations where you're actually going, I like what you're having to say. I may disagree, mm -hmm. but we can agree mm -hmm. to disagree, right? Mm -hmm. And that constructive conversations is what I think we're really lacking with those both sides. Yeah. You know, coming to the table, hearing what is it that you have to say and what is it that you have to say and then walking away and say, well, that's why we invited you, right? right. Not yeah. trying to dominate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, when you think about that, wow, I want to actually now see that show that you're talking about what happened, but it's like it provokes anger and, and fighting. You mm -hmm. know, it's like it's like it's like if I if I have something to say and you're you know actually inviting me as a guest from that point of view, but you just shut me down right away. Yeah and provoke me or be rude or aggressive or whatever, it's actually provoking a fight. Exactly. And, you know, oh my goodness. I was yeah. thinking about, you know, too, like, you know, you'll see sometimes too, like, uh, you know, again, where, where even if they do have both sides, like politicians, for example, they have these debates. Well, they call mm -hmm. them debates, but all they do is yell at each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's no hearing what the other person said. It's like a competition who yeah, can yeah. get out their point, you know, more direct and more powerful than the other person who can cut the other person down. But I don't think there's a whole lot of listening going on. It's completely one-sided and, um, you know, really, really kind of a dominant, dominant mm -hmm. approach. Right. Mm -hmm. So there mm -hmm. is something there. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. so true. Yeah. yeah. There's other barriers that keep people from having difficult conversations about issues, societal issues out there. What would you say some of the barriers or gaps are? Um, what's keeping people from actually talking about these things? Well, I would, I would think, you know, like what Alberta had said, you know, in terms of even some more gaps that would be, I think, contributing to this is the minorities. You know, there's a minority that's out there that wants to be heard, but if there's a majority that's being louder, and they're being much more aggressive, then it tends to shut down the minority. Mm -hmm. And then so what happens is they start to go, oh, can I actually talk about what it is that I wanna 
passionately talk about, like even with Ben Shapiro, thank goodness that he was able to rise up, but still he was a minority in the majority. So I think there's a bit of that minority that's being represented in the gaps that, that yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And when we talk about the show, what you, what Serena said earlier, she talked about the imbalance. I think for most influencers, like Ben Shapiro is an influencer, I don't think being in my minority scares him. The problem is the way he was, um, he was addressed on the show. You know, the problem, first of all, they know his stance on gender because he has a YouTube channel. I mean, he's a speaker. He doesn't hide where he stands when it comes to any issue. He, he doesn't hide at all. He's outspoken. He's articulate. And so inviting someone like that, knowing exactly where he stands, you might think, well, this show is um, inclusive. They think about other people. But the way he was addressed on that show, it was like everyone just started yelling at him and the guy that was um, the person that was there uh, almost strangled him and so when you see something oh. happening like that and you're not that popular or you do not have that much of an impact uh, in your community then you think if this happened to Ben Shapiro what about me mm. I don't have a show uh, nobody knows me if I get invited what will happen to me? Right? Yeah, that sure would be very intimidating. You're right, because even someone that you said is popular, is an influencer, is familiar with conflict because he's direct and he's to the point. But to have that much backlash take place when he's trying to have a conversation, what will it do for the little guys? You know, mm. just the average everyday citizen that wants to have conversation how are they going to speak up um, if, 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 if they can see somebody that has influence is going to be shut down like that? What's going to happen to me? And I think the other thing that we need to take into consideration is because of the, you know, where we are at right now in our society is there's a lot of chaos, right? And so what we're, we're also heaping on that is more, you know, more and more chaos rather than actually coming and presenting a, a, an avenue of peace, right? And saying, listen, can I talk about this issue? Can I talk about this issue? And can we calm and quell what's going on rather than instigating more, right? So we come to the table going, what is it that I can offer you? What is it that you can offer me? And let's come to almost a peaceful resolution rather mm. than more an animosity. Yeah. yeah. You can feel tension when you start to talk about something. And if people don't know how to have a conversation, who wants to be around that? Who wants to be in a conversation just going to provoke more chaos or provoke more tension and conflict, right? You know, mm -hmm. and so just for individuals, you know, again, I've been specializing in conflict resolution, I think, 23 years. And I don't think I've met anyone that says, oh, I just really enjoy tension and stress and chaos and conflict. I mean, I'm just so happy to be around it. <laughs> like, it's a, it's, it, it is a negative experience. And, and yeah. you, know, you know, so people say, I just want peace already. Right. But then yeah. there's also internal conflict because there's issues you need to talk about or need to yeah. hear another mm -hmm. point of view. And there's just no room to do it, right? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, so there, you know, we're kind of talking about fear or what intimidates people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about, you know, what, you know, and fear is actually, it, it's an anticipatory response. It means I'm expecting something bad to happen, mm. some kind of consequence. Mm. If I dare, if I dare talk about something that I know is controversial, somebody else doesn't like, there's a threat, there's a consequence. I might be penalized mm. somehow, right? What other threats are there, real threats for people? to actually yeah, be willing to have a conversation, what else would threaten people? 
people who are not influential chances are they may lose their jobs and who knows they may not be outspoken or they may not have um, the resources they are afraid to be who they are who they, they are because society has put a lot of barriers you know mm. you can't talk about this or else you will offend someone you can't say this the truth is conflict is part of the human life it's not pleasant but it's part of our life how we resolve the conflict that's more important than how we re we react to it right mm. it's unpleasant for everyone people may think that um, some people love conflict. No, it's just unpleasant. It's a way of growing up. Today, we're not really resolving it. It seems like, like you mentioned, our leaders are quarreling in public and you, you wonder, are these the leaders that we are going to elect? They're actually behaving like children and even children are actually setting an example for us. Mm -hmm. You'll see children playing together and they can fight and then the next minute they're hugging one another. Mm -hmm. But our leaders are... You know, it's it's mm. very heartbreaking nowadays. You know, on one hand, you're saying um, literally your livelihood could be at stake. Like you mm. could actually lose your job yeah. um, if you speak up. You know, if mm -hmm. you if you actually say something on social media. But the reality is, is do I dare say something? Right. Um, could I be at risk of losing my livelihood? Could I get fired if I don't agree with? with something because perhaps my company um, mm -hmm. has a contract with an organization that really believes That's one way, right? right? That's right. And yeah. my company might lose that contract and my boss is warning me, don't you dare speak up. So you don't say mm -hmm. anything. So you might actually mm -hmm. have a viewpoint that matters. <laughs> you right. might have a right. piece that is so valid and mm -hmm. your voice is not going to be heard because you could literally have a consequence mm -hmm. of getting penalized and losing mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, is even just the aspect of pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I if I I'm pressured to not say something because then I will lose something instead of actually saying, hold on, can we look at that from a different way? If I say something, can I be supported in it? Is you know, I have teenagers, you know, I have right. teenagers right. who were in school and they were in a classroom of, you know, 30, 32 students and they were a minority. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they spoke up, and so this is actually what I believe. These are my, these are my opinions. These are my beliefs. Well, the majority probably out of, oops, sorry about that, out of the whole classroom literally came against the, my, you know, what my, my, my teenager standing up. And so I think there's a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. in terms of peer pressure, even that we're, we're talking about as well. Everyone, every parent understands the concept called peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And we often associate peer pressure simply with teenagers. And mm -hmm. really what peer pressure is, is the need to belong. It, but, but that need to belong is a human need. Mm -hmm. It doesn't okay. change because you're a teenager or you're an adult. Every human being has a need to belong. Mm -hmm. And if there's societal pressure that you're gonna be rejected, still gonna, it's gonna matter to you. Mm -hmm. If family mm -hmm. members start to yeah. reject you because you have different views, especially political views, and that's going on all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, close friends might stop being friends with you. Uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, and again, it might affect promotions at work. It could affect your job, your livelihood. Like, there's a lot at stake yeah. for yeah. people being willing to actually, actually talk about difficult issues. But again, we're missing the voices. We're missing input. We're missing ideas.
-hmm. around, you know, controversial issues. And, you know, this is impacting society. Well, I think, I think one of the other things is that we are, and I, you know, we've discussed this as a, as a panel, but is even just the aspect of generation, you know, when in my day, or even I'm sure in your day, Michelle, you know, one of the things that we could do is have a disagreement and come to an agreement, even if we agree to disagree, right? Mm -hmm. But now, when we're talking about the generation that's previously, you know, the Y generation, I think there's some lack of ability to learn what conflict, or even just to agree to disagree, but conflict resolution, right. you know, but there is this tension between um, you know, a cost benefit analysis that we do in society and even within generations. And it seems to me that there are some generations where the cost is too great. Like if you say something that will offend me, it's too mm. great. Like we don't, we don't know the, the benefit or the value of the information. It's like preserve and protect at all costs. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to have tension and I don't want to be offended. And if you say that, it could offend me, or you could hurt somebody else's feelings, mm -hmm. or you could do this, or you could do that, because it's a disagreement. So that's like way too costly. Therefore, I'm going to plug my ears, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to, because I don't know the benefits of actually mm -hmm. having a, a conversation from another point of view. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how to value that, because I'm so busy preserving myself, or mm -hmm. preserving the narrative out there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm just so afraid that something bad could happen or somebody be upset. And so by all means, don't, don't talk mm -hmm. about it. I think this is why it's so important. I think what we're doing is, is implementing this and saying it's okay to agree to disagree. That's okay. Mm -hmm. We can come away and say, I disagree, but I agree because I want to actually maintain a relationship. I want to maintain something that I have with you, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we keep coming back to, and I love what you said, Alberta, conflict is normal. Yeah. You know, it's normal. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's normal to experience a little bit of tension or a little bit of stress, you know, when somebody opposes or threatens something that's important to you. Mm. You know, that's normal. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of did a little clip out there in terms of the concept of anger. And anger is a fight response. It means you're either fighting against something or you're fighting for something. And I say to people, if there's nothing worth fighting for, you may as well not be alive. Like if you have nothing to say, you know, you know, you're not contributing. There should be some passion. And so I've got to be okay and say, you know, it's part of growing up. It's part of being mature to know if somebody's really concerned or upset. It means it's important. Well, um, in your generations, you encourage uh, critical thinking and discussions. Mm -hmm. But today, well, we can say that the pandemic has also contributed to most of us just being online and being, you know, social distancing. It's not really encouraging a lot of uh, in-person conversations, mm -hmm. you know. So behind the screen, so many people hide and can do anything or say anything. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, people who may have other views are the ones that are penalized. And we know, for example, uh, the ban that was placed on the previous president of the USA, you know, uh, because some people consider that he his speeches or whatever he posts is very dangerous for society. Um, I don't think that 
the ban was this best solution. The ban just instilled what we talked about mm. earlier, fear. Mm. It instilled fear into mm. some younger people who would, who may have the mm. similar views just like him. They may be minorities, they may be white, mm. but they just instill more fear. And we, we can look at America today, it's more divided than previously remains because they're just banning and shutting down a lot of opposing views and that's the main problem yeah yeah, in our generation you know yeah 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 yeah. well it for sure does send a message that if you if you oppose or you know you agree with somebody that um you know you're considered blacklisted and so for sure you know that does that that does say something in terms of what's allowed and what's not allowed and that has a lot to do with again you know um you know other powers and we're going to get into that a little bit too because there are other powers besides just societal pressures there are other powers out there that actually are limiting your ability to speak in the name of you know we're going to protect people from hate speech or we're going to protect Mm -hmm. from dangerous information so to speak when in fact somebody just wants to talk about what's important for them around that issue why they might agree with an issue why you know they have that in place and so for sure it is there you know i read an article from a former ACLU president um, and they made this statement and I thought it was really interesting and they were having a discussion on on free speech freedom of speech academia academia freedom but also hate speech and the whole whole issue was do we allow people to come in and so I think this this individual would have been very left-leaning in their in their political ideology but I really like what they had to say in that they they believed that um, rather than than censoring ideas, we should allow ideas to come forth. And they made the point that there was a time when when um, you know civil right activists were not allowed on campus. There was a time when um, you know those that are, were considered socialist in their thinking were not even allowed on campus. Right? There was a time when they weren't allowed. And so she's representing them and she's saying, if we shut down the other side, we were once there, right? We were once there where it wasn't even allowed for us to speak. And she's of the viewpoint that um, censoring speech, you know, no matter how, how well intended, it's been to show around the world, it actually does more harm than good in actually promoting equality, dignity, inclusivity, diversity, and societal harmony. You know, and I really appreciate that. It does more harm to shut it down because you can't flush out, what do you mean by what you just said? No, that's hate speech. No, you're doing this. No, you're doing that. No, you shouldn't do that. But but what are you trying to say to hear and understand? And, and, And it also can threaten that who says down the road that the groups that are now being heard also might be cut off. If another power comes in, it's all a power struggle, and it's really, it really does not promote harmony. It doesn't promote equality. Mm-hmm. It doesn't promote dignity. It doesn't pr- promote diversity. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Michelle. Like, I, I think there's something beautiful, and this is what I love about this panel. We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from diversity. You know, um, we all have even different cultural things that we have experienced and grown up in. But when we come together, the diversity should actually bring unity. Mm. You know, we all have 
we all love a, <laughs> we all love food we all love a good meal we all love to laugh we all cry you know we all come together and we bring something that is so rich and so vibrant and what we're lacking is the understanding that that person over there can bring something that's so rich and so vibrant and, and that in itself brings unity and that is what i am hoping that we can promote on this you know is the unity mm -hmm. yeah right. Right. So. well well i want to say also that hate speech exists but at the end of the day it's it's really good to, to sit down understand where the person is coming from or why they're saying certain things and uh, if we really want peace, that's what I think. The best solution is really to sit down and talk. That's what I really believe. I believe that people with opposing views, we're all human and we all want the same thing, the same thing as in basic needs, mm -hmm. food, clothing, and shelter. And some people also have dreams of being successful, but we cannot achieve those by always putting down another mm -hmm. person, mm -hmm. which will be a cycle like what uh, Michelle talked about one group has power and then after a few years the other group will have power and shut down the other it will be a cycle and it will continue that way we have mm -hmm. to break that cycle but by coming together and sitting down not agreeing on everything but just mm -hmm. listening to one another and it's possible to live in harmony you know it's yeah. really something because i think that would be a goal for most of humanity is who doesn't want peace <laughs> Who does not want peace? You know, we talked about this before. We don't like stress and tension and conflict and chaos. It's exhausting. Who doesn't want peace? But at the same time, there are basic fundamental needs we have in society. There's basic things that mean something to each other a little bit differently. And if we don't hear that, definitely you're just creating a lot more chaos and a lot more confusion. It's not helping to shut down communication, censorship is not necessarily promoting unity and understanding. It's just promoting one power over the other. Mm -hmm. And it, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, it is it takes it takes a level of maturity to say we need to have a conversation and, and I think we have to look at what do we gain rather than what do we lose if we mm -hmm. have the conversation. And right now, mm -hmm. everybody's fighting against something. We're fighting against this person saying something this way. We're fighting against, oops, they better not do this to us. You know, it's all fighting against something. Instead of what are we fighting for, what needs to be in place, and start pulling some of the values of having these conversations. Yeah.